Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Join us live in New York City on June 20th, 2018 for Entree Architect Live, an interactive small group workshop designed exclusively for you, the small firm entrepreneur architect. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash New York. You are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, and this is episode 216. Welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark R. LePage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, you're in the process of launching a startup, or you may be an experienced small firm architect just like me, just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. So much of our success and failure as entrepreneur architects is determined by our mindset. It's all in our head. What's keeping us from growing? How do we properly set boundaries around our firms and our families? How do we make that work? What about the importance of visions and and planning our lives? How about the seasons and, and how the seasons of our lives determine a timeline for our success. I love this conversation. We've talked about all of these things and much more. As a small firm entrepreneur architect, this is one episode that you do not want to miss. 
this week at Entree Architect Podcast, The Psychology of Success with entrepreneur psychotherapist Joyce Martyr. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and much more at RCAT.com, and FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work that you love. Joyce Martyr, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's great having you here. You just recently uh, did a webinar for Charette, uh, Charette Venture Group, our friends over there at Charette Venture Group, about the psychology of success. This is a subject that I am passionate about. I love this subject. I loved your presentation. Uh, so I had to get you here uh, to talk about the psychology of success for small firm architects uh, and get into this because I love having this conversation. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you enjoyed that webinar. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So let me let me introduce you uh, to our guests here um, or to our audience. Uh, Joyce Martyr is a licensed psychotherapist and the founder of Urban Balance, a multi-site counseling practice that she started and grew to over 100 therapists working in nine locations in Chicago and St. Louis uh, during her 13 years uh, as CEO. Joyce has a passion for applying business uh, psychology to business, which I love that. I love that because I think that's so important to to talk about the psychology of business. Uh, and she's a public speaker and a corporate trainer. She's been featured as a psychological expert in the media on such outlets as Wall Street Journal, U.S. News um, News and World Report, CNN, MTV. She's been everywhere. So we have a pro here. So this this will be exciting to uh, to have this conversation. But before we get into all of that, I w- I want to know. This, this is always the most interesting to me. I love hearing the origin stories of architects, but I love it even more to hear about people who are non-architects. Where did you discover your passion for what you do today and find that journey? You know, Talk about the journey from discovering your passion uh, and, and uh, to where you are today. Absolutely. So I'm a Buckeye. I went to Ohio State. (laughs) And when I started college, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. I didn't know what I wanted to pursue. And they had a great program that encouraged students to study what they were most interested in learning more about. And I chose psychology, sociology, and humanities, so all pretty close together. But I quickly learned that I loved psychology. And I loved learning about people's thinking and their emotions and their relationships and how we're shaped and molded by our earlier life experiences. And we often recreate those in our personal lives. And so I came to Northwestern and got my graduate degree in counseling psychology. And then I kind of describe myself as an accidental entrepreneur. I discovered that in the Chicago area, a lot of therapists charge out of pocket or they only take Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I saw a real need in the marketplace for an insurance-friendly counseling practice so that people who have Aetna, Cigna, United Behavioral Health could see someone in network. And suddenly my practice boomed. grew. I went through challenges and ups and downs. But yeah, today, Urban Balance has nine locations and over 100 therapists. 
Yeah, that that's exciting all by itself. I want to get into the psychology of success, but I want to talk about that real quick because I think there are architects who can learn because you're a service provider and architects yes. are service providers. And so you saw an open niche, you know, in Chicago, you were you were there, you were doing something and you saw this opportunity. Let's and I know this wasn't what we planned to talk about, but I would I'd love to understand you know, why what motivated you to say, okay, I'm going to grow this? Did you plan on growing it to the nine locations or was it just you saw an opportunity and it just organically grew? It organically grew. I would have been happy, honestly, with five or six therapists. And as I worked on my business, I was working on myself personally, which is how yeah. I've come to believe that really our businesses and ourselves are two sides of the same coin. And as I reflected on my self-esteem and feelings of worth, my business vision grew. So I think the idea was a good idea. Obviously, there was a need in the marketplace for insurance-friendly therapy. I also saw that there was a need for jobs for therapists who didn't want to work at agencies or hospitals, but weren't quite ready to hang their own shingle, maybe weren't interested in marketing or having a lease and those types of responsibilities. And so I started one person at a time, and it grew leaps and bounds beyond what I would have ever imagined. Was there was there fear in launching your own thing? Absolutely. So much fear. I, I Fear of what other people would think. I had a lot of people tell me that I was too young, that the market was too saturated. It was very competitive. Some people acted like I was delusional. I'm a mom and I said I wanted to work only school hours. And I remember an older woman psychologist kind of laughing at me that <laughs> yeah, obviously right. clients, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. She's like, good, good luck with that. And, you know, I, I respect, respectfully kind of took all of that feedback with a grain of salt and forged ahead. Yeah, I, 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 that's why I wanted to go there, because I think architects feel that same thing, you know, especially especially small firm architects, that conflict of family to business and wanting to grow something, but having the fear of growing something, you know, who am I to, to think that I'm going to grow beyond this and, and to, to consider that you're going to create a niche of this of this insurance friendly uh, firm, you know, architects having that, that idea that, okay, I'm just going to do this little market, you know, just focus on this one thing and grow it into something. There's a big fear there too. I want to be a generalist. I want to have all these opportunities, you know, in order to grow, you need to pick that one thing and have that, that, uh, that risk that it, that it may not work. Um, so I love that you are an entrepreneur and you can talk to us about sort of the psychology, psychological part of, of, of doing this. Let's, let's start with, you know, you're a mom, I'm a dad, you know, we have lots of listeners who are trying to find that balance between uh, family and firm, and feeling a lot of guilt, truthfully, about working so hard to build this business and trying to be a mom or a dad. Where do we go with something like that? Well, years ago, before I started Urban Balance, I saw a career counselor named Arlene Hirsch, and I asked her this question. I said, I, you know, obviously being a mom is my greatest role, but I also want to have a group practice. And she said, Joyce, you have to plan your career in the context of your life and not the other way around. 
And so she really encouraged me to visualize the life that I wanted to have with my children and family, and then plan a career that would support that. And part of that is financial. And I think in some ways, because I'm a mom and I'm a provider, that has enabled me to have higher value of myself in terms of setting fees and things like that, because I'm doing this for my kids, I'm doing this for my family. And then also setting certain parameters around schedule. It's really important for me to take my kids to school, to pick them up in the afternoons. I try to do as much of that as I can. And so I set boundaries. I literally scheduled therapists in my office during the evenings and the weekends so that I couldn't see clients myself (laughs) to really reinforce those types of boundaries. Self-care is really important. Sometimes we think it takes us away from our work, but it actually rejuvenates us and allows us to think more clearly and be more productive and more joyous in our work. Yeah, and and that's that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur architect or an entrepreneur therapist is that it's your business. You yes. design it, you create it. You, it can be whatever you want. When that when that uh, more experienced therapist came to you and laughed at you when you said you, you know, you were going to build your career around your family, yeah, you're going to build your career around and there's going to be sacrifices when you do yes. that, right? There's it's not going to be the traditional firm that everybody else has. There's going to be some sacrifice in that. You're not going to be able to work as long as you expected. You're not going to have the the level of success that you potentially could if you put everything into that firm and completely neglected your family. But you'll find that balance of successful business, happy family. Absolutely. And I found actually that because I prioritize my family, it's helped me delegate in my business because I can't do everything and I can't be everyone, do everyone to everyone, you know? So I've had to find great associates with whom to partner. I've developed a great leadership team and delegation has been a huge part of Urban Balance's growth and success. So really finding key people, really supporting them in their roles within the organization and being able to let go. I think that's a huge part of growth. I've seen business owners who feel the need to control and do everything themselves. And there's only so much you can do in one week. But if you have several people working on your team, it, the potential is far greater. Yeah. And you you mentioned that it started with with visioning. You, vision, you know, write down what you want your life to look like. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sort of the first step, if, if we're talking to architects and they're they're crazy. They're trying to do family and firm. They're growing everything. And I'm going to sit down. Okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to plan out my life, plan out what this looks like. I'm going to start with a vision. How do we how do we do that? Well, I often think about schedule. So how many how many weeks a year would you like to take off for vacations and things like that? What would you like your work week to look like? How many hours is, is your prime target that you want to work? When would those hours be? Uh, which of those would be from home, that type of thing. When do you want to be available to your family? What things are really important to you? It might be your kids' sporting events. It might be date night with your partner. It might be you know, family reunion every 4th of July or every holiday season. And those things are things that you're going to put real boundaries around. And those are non-negotiables, that those are times that you're not going to work or be available. And I think also imagining financially, you know, what you want to make 
And uh, aiming high, I think, is really important. I really believe in the psychology of money. So visualizing that. Earlier, you were talking about kind of the, the business vision and kind of being general. And I found with Urban Balance, when I first started out, I did have a general business plan of looking at lots of different things that I was interested in doing, group counseling, presentations, other EAP work and things. And the universe kind of supported this insurance-friendly counseling. So I kind of dropped off on those other things and focused on what was being supported. Uh, So it will take shape both at home and at work in terms of, of what's going well. But a big theme is identifying your values and your vision. Yeah. And and by doing that visioning process, all of those opportunities, all those possibilities are presented, right? You write them all down and, and you say, okay, this I can do all of this and then we'll see which one sort of rises to the top and then I can focus on that one thing and grow it into one one big thing. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, RCAT and FreshBooks. For years, when I needed information on manufacturers' products, I headed straight to the internet, straight to google.com. And then I sifted through the hundreds of results, maybe thousands of results, to find the one or two that might be the link that I'm looking for. And more often than not, it wasn't. It wasn't what I was looking for, or it was outdated, or it didn't meet my requirements. So what do I do? I go back to the search engine and I start all over again. And this could take all afternoon to find the one or two or three products that I'm looking for. Does this sound familiar? Do you do this? There is a better way. Our friends at RCAT. RCAT RCAT.com, A-R-C-A-T. Find what you're looking for in seconds. Building product information, BIM, CAD, custom specifications using their exclusive tool, SpecWizard, and keep it all online right there in one place using their cloud-based project organization tool, Charette. Here's an idea. Make RCAT a part of your efficient project workflow. Use it on every project. Just type in entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. That's entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. Type that into your internet browser and add it to your favorites. And then on every project, use RCAT. Just click that link. You'll go straight to RCAT and you'll find everything that you're looking for in seconds. Find what you need fast and make more money on every project. EntreeArchitect.com slash RCAT. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. And getting started with FreshBooks, this is so ridiculously easy. Most people send their first invoice seconds after starting their free trial It's a click of a button. The same goes for tracking time, managing expenses, collaborating with contractors, and viewing financial reports. It's simple, fast, easy, life-changing. And if you need help at any time, free award-winning customer service is a phone call or an email away. I've used it, it works. And if you ever have second thoughts, don't worry. On top of their free trial for Entree Architect listeners, you get a free 30-day money-back guarantee so you don't ever have to worry about choosing fresh books. So give it a try. It's free for 30 days. Just visit entrearchitect.com slash freshbooks and then let them know that we sent you by sharing Entree Architect 
in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks to access your free unlimited 30-day trial. So Arcat and FreshBooks, please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. The other thing that I think is important, and you had and, and mentioned it a little bit earlier, and you didn't use this word, but I use the word seasons, that there are certain times in your life that you should be focusing on one thing, and then later in life, your life changes, and it's part of the plan. You're going to focus on something else. Like for Anne-Marie and I, my, my wife is Anne-Marie. She's my partner in my architecture firm. We're raising our kids together and building a you know architecture firm, and I'm doing architecture, you know, the entree architect. My season for focusing on my kids, my kids are my priority right now. My kids are my wife's priority. The things that that I want to ultimately achieve are going to have to wait. They're going to happen in another season. And, you know, my kids are going to grow up. They're going to go off to college. And then I'm going to, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing at another level, at a different place. And I think it's important that in that plan that you're talking about, that we think about that, that, you know, some things are going to happen now and some things are going to strategically happen later. Yes, absolutely. From a psychology perspective, you're talking about where you're at in your development, in your lifetime, your phase of your life. And you're absolutely correct that that impacts where your energy is and your time availability for your career. And I often think about growth with career kind of happening in stages or steps. And sometimes there's a push for growth or a new initiative. And then I kind of plateau on purpose intentionally to kind of recover. And then when life supports another opportunity for growth, then you put that energy in again and then need a a recovery period. So it's a bit like stairs, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that with architects that, I mean, we all, especially small firms, um, many of us want to become that star architect. We, we want to yeah. design that custom architecture. We want to be published and we want to do that greatest work. Um, but we, all, we can't always put the time and effort into our firms and our designs to get to that point. And so, you know, that's, that's the important piece of sort of accepting that that's going to wait until a certain, certain other time that you're going to take those steps to get to that level of architecture and design. Uh, at another time. I love your positivity, Mark. And before we were uh, recording, I remember you saying you, you know, you love everything you want to do everything. And I hear that as you're talking about this. And, and that's one way of being that's very positive. And sometimes people have kind of the opposite. They're, they're more negative Mm -hmm. or fear-based and talk themselves out of, of doing things. I love hearing you say, I could do anything. I could do all these things. And then some things may or may not be supported. Uh, my best friend calls that psychotic optimism. She, <laughs> she accuses me of it all the time. And I think many entrepreneurs have psychotic optimism. Yeah, uh, and it's I a willingness that. to put ourselves out there and take risks that sometimes other people aren't willing or able to do. And it certainly takes some resiliency because success is a wonderful thing. But in, in, order, in order to achieve success, there's ine- inevitably some failure yeah. and some obstacles. And I started off asking you about starting your firm, whether whether you had fear, because I think a lot of small firms 
uh, architects have a lot of fear. Like they're really in their heads, you know, that there's, there's these opportunities in front of them and their firm is, you know, all they have to do is focus on their firm, but there's something in their head that holds them back or, or they just feel that they're not qualified or they're not worthy of getting to that next step. How do you do that? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the negative talk and the, and the stuff that's in your head that's sort of getting in your way from taking that next step forward? Well, I love the work of Eckhart Tolle. He wrote The Power of Now and A New Earth. And he says, whenever you feel either inferior or superior to someone else, that's your ego. So even when we're feeling inferior, all that negative neurotic mind chatter is our ego. And in order to move past that, we have to detach from our ego. And the best way to do that is to be present in the present moment. And you can do that through mindfulness practices, such as meditation mm -hmm. and deep breathing, where basically you develop the skill to observe your thoughts rather than taking them verbatim and believing everything that your inner critic is saying. You can observe them and say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm in a negative space right now and this is what's going on for me and maybe this is a voice from the past or maybe this is the voice of some fear that I'm experiencing, but it, it's not necessarily real. And so learning how to zoom back and detach and observe that from a greater perspective is really, really important. So I definitely recommend meditation to kind of reboot and get in a grounded and clear space and becoming aware of your self-talk. In cognitive behavioral therapy, we really believe that our thoughts precede our emotions and our behaviors. So if your thought, if your thinking is negative, that I really believe in the power of self-fulfilling prophecy, mm -hmm. then that's the direction you're going to go. I often ask clients if they say to me that they're putting in for a promotion or some other opportunity, I'll ask them, well, do you think you're going to get it? And if they say, gosh, I don't know, there's a lot of competition, then I'll say, you know what, you, you probably won't then. Um, you have to believe in yourself to be able to sell yourself to someone else. So it's really important for us to detach from fear. You asked if I went through that personally. Absolutely. I had a lot of fear of kind of ego related stuff. Like you were saying, like people would be like, you know, who does she think she is? That type of thing. Yeah. Uh, kind of social anxiety yep. in a way of what other people would think. And then also fear of financial stress, you know, fear of taking on business loans to grow the business. I had tremendous financial anxiety. And that was something that I really had to work on to be able to develop the risk tolerance. I remember talking to my best friend, her husband works in commercial real estate. And I told her I was really worried that I had this $50,000 loan for my business. And she said, would it help you if I told you that Steve had 300 million in, <laughs> yeah, she put in it loans? In perspective. <laughs> yeah, it was very helpful, very yeah. helpful. But in order for him to achieve that level of work, you have to be able to detach from it a little bit, to unplug from it and just trust that things are going to work out. It's going to be okay. Uh, so you have to learn how to be your most compassionate advocate and coach in in your thinking as you move through your business. Yeah, and, and I th I think there's also a, a whole level of family pressures too. People, you know, uh, parental expectations and and grandparents' expectations. You know, and and there's there's you have to get past that too. This is your life. 
you yes. need to get to where you where you want to go ultimately. Um, and and what you're saying is that because I I hear everybody sort of listening to this and saying, well, how do I do that? How do I? And so your answer is mindfulness. Your your answer is to is to learn how to understand what you're thinking, why you're thinking it, how to step back from it and detach yourself from it. Um, so you can recognize whether it's real or not, whether it's something that's actually happening and actually causing you to get to a certain point or not get to a certain point, or is it just negative talk that's in your head? Absolutely. Very well said. And your point about others, I mean, of course, we care about our loved ones and their hopes and desires for us, but it's important to reflect on that and and really decide if their opinions or their desires are our own if we share those. And if we don't, that's part of separating and individuating and being our own healthy, separate person, you know, to, to respectfully honor our own journey and our own dreams and our own needs and make sure that we're following our own path and we're not living somebody else's dream or life. Yeah. I, I also want to acknowledge that mindfulness is not easy. That yes. meditation takes a lot of practice. I've I've been doing meditation for a few years now. I come and go. You know, I want to be honest about that too. Sometimes I'm very consistent with it. I do it every day. And then there are periods where I sort of slip off and I don't do it. But I can tell you when I do it, the more I do it, the better I get at it, first of all. Um, but the the more I do it, the more, you know, the idea of mindfulness from a, you know, from a um, uh, an academic point of view is really easy. But when you when you actually try to do it, it's hard. And you and when you first start it, it doesn't work. It doesn't happen. It takes time and effort and consistency. And over time, you start realizing, oh, this is mindfulness. You start you're walking through the woods, and you actually are are mindful that you're looking at the things around you, and you're acknowledging the things around you rather than thinking about the things in your head. It'll it'll eventually get there where you'll will you will start thinking outside of your thoughts. Yes, it definitely is a practice. And I love that you are cutting yourself some slack when you don't stick with it consistently, because that happens for all of us. I had little reminders from Headspace today saying that I hadn't locked in for a while. I love Headspace and Calm. That's how I started. Good. That's a great way. And, And even running for some people yep. is meditation or gardening, connecting with nature, really anything where you're focusing on the breath is is going to be helpful. It the breath is kind of what ties together the mind, the body and the spirit. Anything that helps you feel aware of your body and your senses so that you're out of your head and it doesn't have to be perfect. I remember I, I took a meditation, mindfulness meditation class at my yoga studio, and there was a woman in my class who was really frustrated, and she was like, I don't get it. Are we supposed to think about nothing, or are we supposed to not yeah. think? And so it's a bit of a pickle, and it can be a challenge, but even just taking a moment to reflect and observe that. I also enjoyed doing kind of a body scan and noticing where I'm holding any toxic, toxicity or yep. stress and breathing that out and releasing it because 
feelings are waves of energy that we hold in the body. And I believe a lot in the mind-body connection. And if we're holding on to stress or fear or anger, that can actually make us sick in addition to fueling issues like depression and anxiety. So mindfulness practices and other self-care practices like exercise are really, really important. Yeah, I, I want to just clarify two things. A body scan is when you're in, in sort of a meditation and you're actually thinking about from your head all the way down to your toes, you're actually acknowledging each piece of your body and how it feels. You're not trying to change it. You're just acknowledging what you're feeling. You're being aware of it. You're being mindful of the stress of where that stress happens within your body. And you'll be shocked at where you find it that, you know, you'll be going down your head and you'll be like, oh, I didn't realize my shoulders are tied into a knot. And then you sort of naturally release it because you didn't realize you were doing it. Um, exactly. You become aware. Yeah. The other thing is uh, Headspace. You mentioned Headspace. Headspace is an app. It's some, something you can download and it, it's a it's a, a guided meditation process at a very, very early on. It's a very, very basic level. He, he walks you through the process, process of how to meditate. And so that's a great app. Another one, did you say Calm is the other one? Calm, Calm. yes. Yep. So uh, I haven't tried Calm, but I've heard a lot about it. That's a newer app, I think, um, that's similar. It's a guided process. And yes. so if you want to get if you want to get into meditation, I would start with Headspace. Download Headspace. There's there's like a free 10-day trial or whatever and they'll you can do it every day for 10 10 days. Um it might be even more than that, but it's a great way to get started. It's how I started. Excellent recommendation. Yeah. So so getting mindful is really important to the to the to the rest of what you're doing, whether you whether it's this balance or whether it's this integrated life that you want or whether you want to succeed at a very high level. It's about visioning, it's about planning, and it's about understanding who you are to get out of your head so you can achieve those things that you're planning. Yes. I love that. So so is there anything else that we really sort of should be doing as small firm architects? That, you know, we're sort of, okay, now we understand this, we need to s sort of get into this uh, meditation. They've heard me talk about that before. I know that I need to meditate, but I don't. You know, I know that I need to work out, but I don't, you know, I know that I need to build business systems, but I don't. Yes. Why don't I? Why? What are the, th what are the things that are sort of, is that also mind talk? What are the things that are getting in my way to get to the next step? Well, we all have self-sabotaging or self-defeating behaviors, and I think we all unconsciously recreate patterns that are familiar until we become aware and we choose something different. And so we need some accountability. I think mm -hmm. having, whether it's a coach or a therapist or counselor or a, another buddy, another architect or business owner that you get together with periodically and just have some accountability about staying on track. I have a friend who every Monday we email each other five things that we really want to do in the coming week for our business growth, but we fear that we're not going to get to. And we make sure that we get to those five things each week. And if we didn't, we have to explain to each other why and keep each other on track. So I think accountability is an important part. And again, being aware of any self-defeating patterns that you might have and and working to let go of that, those and to choose something greater for yourself, to know that you're deserving of more and that you can welcome you know, all kinds of opportunities into your life. I think another really important skill kind of related to mindfulness is when you have stress in your life, 
when you know the the um, you're at a level ten business crisis or personal crisis or sometimes both, how do you manage that? Again, that ability to kind of be present and to detach a little bit and observe from a greater place is going to help you move through it without being as reactive or negative. And to learn that challenges are always opportunities for growth. So sometimes things look like a really difficult or bad situation, but sometimes there are blessings or new relationships or new opportunities that come through those challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't do it by yourself, right? It's you, Oh, you, for sure. You can't do it by yourself. You can't, you can't, um, you said accountability is so important and, um, and building a team and delegation is so important. It's not just you, you can't get to where you want to go by yourself with not whatever you're doing. Right. Not at all. And for me, that was a big change in my business. I think once I almost developed some more humility and said like, I don't know how to do these things. I, I'm not the best person for this and I need help. And once I shifted my attitude to that, I had so much more support. And then I, I really felt the shift where all of a sudden, instead of me holding up my business, I felt that there were many, many other people who were part of the system and that it was going to succeed regardless in spite of myself sometimes. So that was a great feeling to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a great feeling. And sometimes you don't realize, you don't realize until you do it. You don't realize until you do the accountability or you do delegate something that, that the, the muscles that you feel when you do your body scan actually release because you've just created, you just created a, a path that you can grow because you've just let something go so you can focus on other things. Um, that's why I built Entree Architect Academy and the mastermind groups for exactly that reason, for small firms to be able to get together and have that opportunity to have a weekly um, accountability session. That's what those sessions are for. Um, and and I created a, on, a, a Facebook group, the Entree Architect community, which has 2,500 members in it now. It blows my mind. That's um, awesome. And every day, that's what's happening in there. You know, they're holding each other accountable. accountable. They're, they're helping one another grow. They're encouraging one another and supporting one another. I love it. Well, and I love your use of the term growth. And it's not just about business yeah. or money, but also kind of within yourself, your own personal growth and living a greater version of your life. So that to me is, I find that intellectually and emotionally rewarding to continue to grow and learn and develop. And so I love that you've created this community for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could talk about this forever, but we're, we're, we're coming up on the end of the show here. So, so, um, maybe we'll come back and talk about some more of this, some, some other time. Uh, thank you very much, Joyce, for coming here and, and, uh, helping me understand because you've definitely helped me sort of understand some of the things that I'm doing, uh, and how I can grow. I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you're, you're, in, you've inspired some of our listeners to me to, to maybe even just download headspace and try that and find out see what happens when you do that see what happens with the rest of your life when you can become a little bit more mindful about what's going on in your head and then take the other steps of, of visioning and planning and and growing and doing the things that you want to do um thank you very much for for coming in and sharing that my pleasure thank you so much for having me before before we wrap up i want to ask that one question that i ask everybody uh, what's one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? 
practice gratitude. Keep a gratitude journal and every day write down three things that you're grateful for. It teaches you to focus on the positive and when you're positive, you'll attract more positivity and success into your life. I love that. I love that. Uh, on the on the internet, the your website is urbanbalance.com. That's the that's the practice. Joyce Dash Martyr. It's M A R T E R. So Joyce Dash Martyr.com is your website. Fantastic website. It has pretty much everything that Joyce is doing, and she's doing a lot. Uh, she's she blogs and she's she's all over social media. Uh, Joyce Martyr on Twitter. So it's Joyce underscore Martyr on Twitter. Instagram is Joyce dot Martyr. Just search her up. You'll find her. Um, Joyce, thank you very much for coming here, joining us, sharing your knowledge at the Entree Architect podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. My pleasure. I really loved having that conversation. You know, I think if I wasn't an architect, I probably would be a psychotherapist. I really enjoy speaking with people and helping people achieve their goals and reach their possibilities and it's probably why I love doing Entree Architect and, and helping you try to achieve your most high success, your reach your achieve your goals, do the things that you want to do. I want to be an inspiration for you to do the things that you want to do as an architect. So I really, really, really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, so thank you very much, Joyce, for, for coming to hang out with me. Maybe we can have you back again and have some more of these conversations about mindset and, and the way our minds get in the way of our success. I think uh, it's a very important topic that we don't talk about enough. And so I'd love to uh, to do this some more. If you like this episode, please, for one, tweet me. Let me know. Entree Architect, at Entree Architect. You can tweet me. Let me know that you liked this episode and that you want more of these this type of episode. Uh, and, and number two, share this with a friend. This is episode 216. Uh, so it's the link is entrearchitect.com slash episode 216. Write that down and tweet it out or put it on Facebook or share it with a friend in an email or just turn around in your cubicle, tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, episode 216, it was a good one. Go listen. Please do that right now. It's so, so important uh, for, for you to do that for me. Um, that's the only thing I ask. I do this every week. I want to share what I know, but I want more people to know what we're doing here. So please share this. It's, it's, it's so important to me. EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 216. And go check out my friends, Arca Speak podcast and Inside the Firm podcast, two fantastic podcasts. If you like Entree Architect podcast, add those guys to your Playlist is the word. Last week, I couldn't remember the word playlist. And I got a bunch of tweets saying, hey, the word was playlist. And I remembered the word as soon as I hit stop. And I didn't want to re-record it. So yes, add, for one, if you haven't subscribed to Entree Architect, do that, number one. Punch that subscribe button. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast, number one. Number two, subscribe to ArcaSpeak Podcast and subscribe to Inside the Firm podcast, two great podcasts about architecture uh, and all things architecture. They both podcasts, uh, they have different ways of presenting it, different ways of talking about it, but it's all about living life as an architect, running businesses as an architect, sort of all of the stuff that we do from, from design all the way through mindset. Uh, these are two great podcasts. Go check them out and let them know that, that Entree Architect sent you. Uh, number three, 
this is a big one. You need to join us in New York City. You need to be there. Whether you are going to the AIA conference or not, you need to be at Entree Architect Live on June 20th, 2018. We are uh, putting together a workshop that is going to talk all about success in architecture. It's going. I'm going to introduce you to the four Ps of the Entree Architect Framework. You haven't yet heard me talk about Entree Architect Framework. It's something that's been in the works for a year now. Um, it's been an idea of mine for a very long time, but we're, we've been developing the Entree Architect Business Framework. Uh, it's going to revolve around psychology, so shift your mindset from starving artist to successful entrepreneur architect. Planning, develop a successful strategy for achieving your most important goals. Productivity, learn how to establish powerful habits for focusing on the things that matter most to you. And profit, so leave New York City with a clear understanding of the Entree Architect profit plan. So we're going to go, we're going to walk you through the pro profit plan. We're going to help you develop a profit plan that you can take back and plug into your office, into your studio, and be profitable. So we're going to help you. We're going to walk, walk you through. We're going to go through those four things. Those are the four Ps of the Entree Architect Framework. Entree Architect Framework is coming. It's going to be a much bigger thing. It's coming later this year, but we're going to introduce it at Entree Architect Live in New York City, in person, face-to-face. -face. So you need to be there. Go check out entrearchitect.com slash New York, and you'll learn everything you need to know about uh, that, that workshop. Uh, it is going to be a great workshop, and I want you to be there. So go check it out, entrearchitect.com slash New York. My name is Mark R. LePage. And I am an entrepreneur architect, and I encourage you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. It's the only way. It's the only way. If you're running your own firm, you have to build that firm first. You need to build the systems and the success of the business first. And then, then you can go and achieve all the goals that you've always wanted to achieve. All the dreams of being that, that architect that you always wanted to be. What's standing in your way is success in business. The money the time, the resources, that's what's standing in your way. So build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, share what you know. Thank you for listening and have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, 
sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. And so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.